When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to this Clash of the Titles Christmas Countdown Special. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to this Christmas Clash of the Titles, a podcast that sees two Christmas movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better on this Christmas countdown episode. In the red corner, have two words ever been more unnecessary in the title of a movie? We'll discuss that and also try and say super duper looper with a straight face as we jump on board a sleigh ride with 1985's Santa Claus the movie the prophecy has come to pass that there would come to us a chosen one and that he himself would be an artist and a skilled maker of toys from this day on now and forever he will bring our gifts to all the children in all the world while in the blue corner, Will Ferrell takes his man-child act to the next level as a literal man-child as he processes some serious daddy issues and saves Christmas at the same time. From 2003, we're talking Elf. Hi. Your costume is pretty. Oh, it's not a costume. I'm an elf. Oh. Well, technically I'm a human, but I was raised by elves. New Line Cinema presents the story of one elf who's coming home for Christmas. Boy, can't wait to see my dad. We're, we're going to go ice skating and eat sugar plums. Sorry. Now. I think someone sent you a Christmas gram. Dad. We should call security. Good idea. I like to whisper too. Buddy's experiencing a world he never knew existed. Buddy's your son. What am I going to do? He, he's certifiably insane. <laughs> So what connects these two films, and which one does it better? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Butters. Come on, boys. If you love Patch as well as he loves you, then you do the super duper looper. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. And welcome to this week's final Clash of the Titles Christmas Clash. So... Santa Claus, the movie versus Elf. These were Chris's choices. Any particular reason? Uh, I thought they'd be interesting films to talk about Mm. for differing reasons. And they both mean a lot to me for differing reasons as well. Okay. I've got a long and storied history with both of these films. Ooh. One of them means a lot to me. The other not so much. Victoria? Um, One of them did mean a lot to me. One of them means more to me now. Mm, That's a good way of putting it. (laughs) Very diplomatic. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so uh, no clues for our Christmas countdown shows, uh, but that doesn't mean there isn't a party going on as we speak on Twitter at ClashPod. If you haven't joined it yet, 
It's just great. It's a great party. At ClashPod on Twitter. We are also now on the gram uh, at ClashPod as well. So, shall we do connections mm. between these two films? What you got for me, Vicky? Uh, Coca-Cola is delicious this time of year. <laughs> well, I wrote down despicable Coca-Cola <laughs> adverts, but you can, yeah, that's one way of putting it. Mm. Uh, I have elves. Yeah. And that is where, I'm going to be honest with you, that is where my connection section ends today. Right. I just wrote elves. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, both films, I th- kidnapping children. Yeah, there's a there's a baby gets kidnapped at the start of Elf, accidentally, but True. take them. And there's something weird going on with what happens with the kids at the end of Santa Claus the movie. <laughs> I feel like there's an there's an element of kidnapping occurring there. Yeah, you, you got you guys are staying here, you kids. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> and, and one of you had a fairly good life back in New York. <laughs> yes, one of you didn't. One of you didn't know. No, no. from Victorian times. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> any, any more connections or should we jump well, in? Only just because th- I thought you'd do this, but puns. So the big city is bad for your elf. Mm. Yeah. You must have about 55 mm. more of them. I wrote, I wrote down all the elf puns from right. Santa Claus, yeah, uh, the movie. Yeah. Um, did you chuckle at each one? I'd feel like, though, those are one of those things where when he was writing the script, you would have thought, oh, this is clever. This is funny. But actually, it isn't <laughs> clever or funny when it's on screen, is it? It's not. It doesn't, no, it is the first time. And then yeah, it's not. Then Don't it's do not, it again. Then it's not. Um, there's a line from Santa Claus, the movie, which is the connection this week. And that is the world is no place for an elf. Oh, oh. It's true. Yeah, you can open that. Okay. <laughs> Trying to do it really quietly. <laughs> it didn't work. It's, it's my, a can. It's my fizzy drink. <laughs> it's my San Pellegrino sponsor. Um, <laughs> right then. Uh, do you want to get straight into this? Let's do it. Right. Yeah. All right, Chris. Uh, you gave Victoria Elf. You gave me Santa Claus the movie. We do it chronologically. So Elf is Thursday's show, which means today I'm Santa's little helper as we delve into the origin story everyone was screaming for in Santa Claus the movie. Let me take you on a journey. Uncle Claus is a dude who makes toys for all the children in the village, which is a lovely thing to do. Unfortunately, in delivering said toys, he nearly kills himself and an unbelievably tolerant Mrs. Claus. Thankfully, some vendor gum, yep, you heard that right, save them both and then have the creepiest vendor gum of them all tell them about a prophecy while simultaneously reminding them that they can't have kids of their own. <laughs> Then, after literally an hour, John Lithgow turns up playing a human cartoon and Santa has to do the super duper looper. Also, Dudley Moore plays an elf called Patch. Ladies and gentlemen, for your consideration, Santa Claus the movie. (laughs) So, history's with this movie. What are they? Victoria? I've seen this film a thousand million, billion, billion times when I was younger, but I haven't seen it since I was about seven or eight. And so I've mentioned to you before that what I remember most from this is the ham. And so um, there was some confusion on my Amazon as to whether the film that was in front of me was the right film because I don't remember the synopsis. I don't remember the beginning. So I spent Saturday night Googling for quite a long time. Does the Amazon Prime Santa Claus the movie have ham in it? <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know what they don't know. So I just had to go for Really? It. Uh, they came up with nothing? The ham isn't as big a deal to other people as it is to me. You saw this a thousand times and right. you can't remember what happened. I've yeah. saw, I saw this maybe ten times and I can remember no, what happened didn't in have it. A, I thought it was a different film. Okay. <laughs> I remember the bit that Did you, I Were you waiting for Tim Allen to show up? <laughs> when we got to New York, I was like, this is the I film. Don't remember, I don't remember. Was there a ham in it? I don't yeah, remember the ham. ham. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to it. Okay. Chris? So, yeah, very memorable for me. I think I can even tell you when I saw it. I think I saw it on November the 30th, 1985. Mm. So <laughs> In his movie diary. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the cinema as a family and I remember it was the first time my parents let me pick the film that we saw. Mm-hmm. And I picked Santa Claus the movie, not Back to the Future. Oh, you've told oh, this yeah. story yeah, so before. That, which yeah. is like my favourite film of all time now. And yet, at the t- But to be honest, at the time, I had no interest in that. I was much more excited by this. I really enjoyed this. So it was the right choice at the time. And it was only like about a year later, I saw Back to the Future on video. And then I watched it again the next day and the next day because it was like, this is really good. But yeah, I kind of regret that as well. I could have seen Back to the Future in the cinema, my favourite film, and I chose not to. 
uh, because of this bloke. Um, all right, I, I, I can um, I can go with the whole. I know exactly where I was. I don't remember when. Mm. I think I was about. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was. It would have been. So it was on TV. So maybe 1986, 1987. This was the most important Christmas movie to me growing up. Yes, this was genuinely like a massive deal in my life. I love this film. Uh, I saw it at a point where I believed in Santa Claus uh, because Santa Claus is real. Mm -hmm. But as you get older, you sort of believe less and less. Mm -hmm. But at the time, totally believed in Santa Claus. Uh, So this was like a documentary to me. (laughs) This gives you the evidence, doesn't it? That you needed if you had any doubts. 100%. I, I was literally finding out how Santa came to be um, and John Huddleston who plays Santa Claus in the movie John or David uh, it's David you're right yeah yeah is it David yeah I'm going to say David then probably because it's right <laughs> it's the big Lebowski <laughs> <laughs> it's the big Lebowski dude uh, so David Huddleston who plays Santa Claus is my definitive mm. Santa Claus yep. forever and ever so I was lying on my living room floor in my sleeping bag with my drawer full of Lego next to me that I used to have, a big drawer full of Lego, playing with my Lego with my rabbit Pipkins next to me as well. And I distinctly remember that moment. And that's when I saw this movie. And it was amazing. That's lovely. I also learned a little bit about filmmaking from this film because the year it came out, Christmas 85, there was a documentary on the telly about how they made this movie. Mm. And uh, that's on the Blu-ray, so I was able to rewatch that, and it was that was bringing memories flooding back because it taught you. It was aimed at kids, but it taught you how movies were made. Really, they showed you, showed you how they would animate the um, the animatronic um, face of the reindeer mm-hmm. and things like that. But it's interesting as well because it's for children. Um, it starts out with. Um, them asking Santa if he'll participate in a movie about his life. Oh, that's lovely. Um, and they retain this magic throughout this story, throughout the documentary about it. This is this is the real Santa, and he's agreed to come and help us make this film. But then it ends with them asking all the cast if they still believe in Santa, which kind of ruins it a little <laughs> bit. If you've just said he's real, don't then confuse little me. Yeah, and he is real. For any of our younger listeners, Santa Claus. Is real. <laughs> it ends. It ends with Santa watching the film in a screening room about his life. <laughs> but what I what I really liked about this is so fucking meta. What I really liked about it is the director seems like such an asshole. He's smoking a cigarette in every single scene uh, that they, they uh, when he's directing on set and he's shouting or having a go at someone all the way through it. Like you could have picked a nice bit of him. <sighs> so, uh, a bottom line: I haven't watched this movie since that first time. Thirty years okay. since I've seen this film 30 plus years so um this was, it was amazing seeing it again and like you do not remember any of it no. and do not remember how fucking bonkers this film is in terms of the structure mm-hmm. of a film yeah uh let's do a little bit of backstory although i'm not going to do too much um purely because i really want to get into talking about the movie i did a feature about this last year for digital spy oh take it away um <laughs> uh because i did an article on how close john carpenter came to directing right. it which would have been interesting but now i'll just chip in and interrupt you whenever you're speaking i i, I love that um you know how much i love that uh, as much as you love it when i do it uh, produced uh, by the father and son duo of alexander and Elias salkind or salkind i'm not sure uh, who most notably gave us the superman movie and and two of its sequels, not Quest for Peace, though. Uh, it was uh, the son, Ilya, who came up with this after Superman 3 uh, failed to perform at the box office as had been anticipated. Uh, you just mentioned the director. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to roll with this name. I'm going to roll the dice on this one. Uh, Jeno Swark. Happy with that? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, Jeno Swark. Uh, he uh, directed. As uh, fact fans all know, the second best Jaws movie in history. Uh, There's a a drop off. Uh, And uh, he'd worked with the Salkins on Supergirl, so they were keen to have him. As Chris just mentioned, uh, John Carpenter was originally offered the chance to direct. uh, But uh, unsurprisingly, he wanted a say in the writing, uh, musical score and final cut of the film, uh, which when you watch it, 
probably might have been a good idea. Mm. <laughs> and he wanted to cast Brian Dennehy mm. as Santa, who would have been great, yeah. but they got a great Santa. They got you a, know, brilliant, a brilliant Big Santa. Lebowski did a fantastic job. Yeah, David slash John Huddleston was amazing. Uh, the other director who I'm going to mention, who was also briefly in the frame, was the director of Alfie, uh, as well as uh, three Bond movies, uh, You Only Live Twice, Moonraker and the greatest Bond movie of all time The Spy Who Loved Me um, but he couldn't agree with the Salkins on again some aspects of the script well, it's weird how all these directors that they, <laughs> they kept bringing in and went this notes. this uh, this the, the an hour before John Lithgow turns. Are you sure that's <laughs> that's right? The uh, the antagonist should sit out the first hour of the movie. Uh, it's written by David Newman. Uh, who uh, it's just fascinating. Uh, he worked with many other screenwriters uh, over his career. Uh, he was one of the writers of Bonnie and Clyde, uh, for example. Uh, he also uh, worked on the first three Superman movies. Uh, that was with Mario Puzo uh, for the first two. Uh, th- there are two movies that he worked on on his own. Uh, one is this, and the other is Moonraker. Uh, Moon, not Moon, Moonwalker. Sorry, Moonwalker, the Michael Jackson. <laughs> no way. Movie. Yeah. Oh my God, I've seen that a million times. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is some connective tissue between Santa Claus, the movie, and Moonwalker in the fact that they're both batshit crazy. Yeah, they're, Moonwalker's insane. I, I would also say there, there's a similarity between this and Superman 3, mm. which didn't work. In terms of this tone, this weird slapstick tone that comes in sometimes, and also um, Superman 3 should be a film about Superman but it ends up being um, about Richard Pryor's character. And this is called Santa Claus the Movie, but it becomes about the comedy superstar that they cast as an elf. Mm. It becomes his story. And so you get off track with what this should be and what the title tells you it is. And I think this guy did that twice in the space of a year. Yeah, I mean, it's unsurprising that it became about Dudley Moore because Dudley Moore uh, was in it from the beginning. He was the the one person, he was all over this. Uh, Elia uh, Salkind uh, saw him in Arthur uh, at a point where Liza Minnelli's character asks more if he's Santa's little helper and that was enough for him (laughs) to be cast in this movie. Uh, He literally had a say in the director and the scripting, apparently, uh, and he was going to be called Ollie, but Moore decided that uh, he wanted to change it to Patch because that was the nickname of his own son, Patrick. So oh, that's okay. how, and also just a much better name for an elf. Yes. Sure. Ollie? I'm not feeling that. Uh, he got top billing, uh, as we said, uh, David slash John Huddleston. He was a successful TV actor, and uh, as Chris has mentioned, he is most well-known for being the Big Lebowski in The Big Lebowski and also, for me, he was in Smokey and the Bandit too, so I quite like that. Uh, the role of BZ, the villain. Yeah. <laughs> you look confused. I forgot his name. <laughs> just say John Lithgow, it's fine. How can you forget his name? I just did. It's just BZ. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's quite a memorable name. I know. Uh, they wanted someone with a stature uh, equivalent to Gene Hackman. Uh, from the Superman movies. Uh, they offered it to Harrison Ford. He said no. Dustin Hoffman said no. Pert Reynolds said no. Johnny Carson said no. And then uh, they saw John Lithgow in terms of endearment and uh, described him as having a Grinch-type look. So that's how he ended up playing BZ. Yeah, and in that documentary uh, where they interview him on set while he's playing the character, he said he was playing him as a cross between Captain Hook and the Big Bad Wolf. Okay. Mm. He's great. Yes, he is. He's great in it. Uh, although I saw, I found this quote and I was a bit disappointed by this quote, but he is absolutely on the money. He said, uh, this is a 2019, uh, 2019 interview. He said, it's just one of the tackiest movies I've ever been in. It seemed cheesy and it certainly never stuck, except in England. It's huge over there. I wish I had a nickel for every Englishman who's told me it's their favourite film. In England, that's half of what I'm known for. I don't know whether to be proud or ashamed of that fact. Yeah, I, why do we like it but, so much? I don't know, but it worked. For you, but we all grew up on it. This yeah. was formative for the three of us. Yeah. So, But it doesn't feel like, I, I know what you're saying, it doesn't feel like it's stuck around. It's not in the conversation very much when you talk about perennial Christmas movies no. that, that you I mean, watch. I can't believe that I sat through it when I was younger. Like, there's, it's quite hard going. Like, 
I wouldn't show it to like, I was talking to someone about showing it to the kids and she was like, well, I can't get them to sit through it. Like a modern day seven and eight year old would just be bored by it. See, that's interesting because mm. we're going to start going through the movie and I'm surprised at the fact that for all the reasons that I've said already, like the fact that the, we don't hit New York till 40 minutes in, John Lithgow doesn't show up till an hour in and yet I wasn't bored. I wasn't bored just pissing about in Santa's workshop yeah. for 60 minutes yeah. of a film. So uh, any more for any more on the backstory? I've just got two quotes from Ilya Salkind because these guys are quite sure of themselves, the Salkins. They are, yeah, some bombastic, I would say, is how they refer to their own projects. Uh, this is what he said a year before uh, Santa Claus the movie came out. It's mind-boggling, orgasmic. 500 Elves, the world's top box office star as someone other than Santa Claus, a gift for children they'll come back to every year. Barring a sleigh crash or other catastrophe, it is virtually certain to spawn a Santa Claus 2. We can do Santa Claus and then Son of Santa Claus. Hmm. No, you can't no. have kids, so how are you supposed to do that? <laughs> As he's constantly reminded. Yeah, so dark. <laughs> In the movie. You can't have kids. It's awful. We've picked you. For one reason. Yeah, the pain of your marriage. <laughs> Awful. That look that he shares with Mrs. Claus at that moment, you're like, what? This it, is it, that look says so much, so, so much. They've they've old. worked on themselves so hard to cross that pain. <laughs> some little guys like you can't have kids. Some fucking dude with people carrying his beard <laughs> shows up and goes, Let me just remind you of one thing. <laughs> Um, uh, I I don't remember. I actually should have looked this up. This is on me. It didn't do very well, though, did it? it, uh, it, it John Nith goes right. I think England's the only place where it was a hit. Mm. Do you know the other the other thing? I was I once interviewed. This is a complete tangent, but I once interviewed Will Smith, and uh, at the end of the interview, as a surprise, we played one of his hits on the cinema screen we were sitting in front of, and I was like, "We're going to play one of your hits," and he went through about ten of his songs, and I was like. <laughs> No, wait, why? This is going, why has this become weird? I'm like, it's obviously boom, shake, shake, shake the room. And he went, right, okay, England is the only place no. that song was a hit. No. Nowhere else, no other territory on the planet liked that song as much as we do. We're a strange country. <laughs> Uh, right then, shall we do this one? Mm -hmm. Shall we do this? Uh, okay, uh, so uh, we open with a truly awful opening song every <laughs> Christmas Eve, sung by Alan Jones. I've written fucking awful, but yes, <laughs> very awful. It's bad. I mean, this is a movie populated with Christmas songs that you have never heard again. I mean, Henry, outside this movie. Henry Mancini, who is a fantastic composer, wrote all these songs and he should be put in music jail for this. <laughs> What's the other one that comes? Uh, oh yeah, that's right. The only reason this opening song Every Christmas Eve sounds good is because later on you get Thank You Santa. Oh, uh, which bloody is awful. It's, it's somehow worse. Somehow worse. Uh, so we focus in uh, on what initially appears to be a group of children being held hostage. <laughs> That's what it looked like. It looked like a, a camp because they've got dirty faces. That's what I mean. I was like, this isn't the right film. <laughs> it's not, that is not festive. Uh, they're being held hostage in a log cabin. Mm. Uh, the look of... Terror on their faces is priceless. How you don't go, sorry, kids, any other expression. <laughs> any other expression. Go for your life. Pull yeah. something else. Do you remember else. when you auditioned and we said, happy Christmas, do that? Uh, but they, they, it turns out they are being held hostage by an old woman <laughs> telling a very long story, which apparently she tells every single year. Uh, and despite having heard the same story every year, one kid, quite rightly, is the voice of the audience when she goes, what is a vendor gum? <laughs> uh, indeed, what is a, a vendor gum? Uh, anyway, before the old woman can start explaining, Uncle Claus, as he's initially known, turns up with some wooden tat that he's carved for all the children, uh, which is a lovely gesture. Mm -hmm. But uh, what Uncle Claus has in goodwill and a big heart he lacks in common sense because he heads out into a literal blizzard <laughs> and then is surprised when his reindeer almost die. I'd forgotten that bit as well. <laughs> it's like, are they going to fucking die? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he is saved. <laughs> he is saved by some vendor gum uh, who, and I, I do mean this literally, Immediately, like the first thing that comes out of their mouths is, we prefer to be called elves, please. <laughs> Why did they bother? Why did they bother? 
<laughs> Ten minutes of a movie yeah. where you're going, right, Vendigum, what I mean, you mean elves, but okay, Vendigum. And then that is the end of it. Literally, at no point in the rest of the movie does this come back. Someone goes, not Vendigum, elves. And they go, all right, sticking with that now. Great. For the rest of the movie, good, good, good. We're elves. Ridiculous. <laughs> And I, I, the casting, there's lots of f- um, familiar faces from television. <laughs> yeah. There's a few blokes from Ain't Half Hot Mum. Yeah. There's one of the Driscoll brothers from Only Fools and Horses. There's uh, Vout, uh, the uh, elf slash Vendigum, is uh, Mike from The Young Ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he always uh, pops up in stuff like this, doesn't he? Um, Towser, played by Jeffrey Kramer, who's Hendrix in Jaws. And mm, Jaws 2. Mm. We've got the motorist from Clue, who we've spoken about recently. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of familiar faces. Very few of them given anything to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dudley Moore uh, does uh, crack open the elf jokes. Pretty sharpish, though. <laughs> uh, he, he starts with elf confidence, um, which is good. Fine. Uh, elf, con- uh, elf conscious. Elf conscious. Yeah, I think that was the first one. Oh, is it elf conscious? Elf explanatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the only way is down uh, from the opening. Um, but onto a good thing. Santa's workshop. Absolutely beautiful. Magical. The Fortress of Solitude from Superman. (laughs) We're just going to use a lot of that, those visuals here. (laughs) But it does. I mean, this, I've already said um, he's my definitive Santa Claus. This is my definitive image of what the North Pole should look like in Santa's workshop. It's truly magical. Mm, It really is. And that's why I'd I'd be interested to hear what kids think of it today, seeing that workshop, Mm. because that blew my mind when I was a kid. Yeah. In spite of the fact the toys all look shit. And that's the weird thing, isn't it? Like, I mean, it's fine because what we'll get onto this, but I had no idea. We, we're still in the 14th century uh, at this now, point. I'm so glad you said that because I do not know Roman numerals. And, I, <laughs> and I've tried so hard to learn, and I can't, I'm just too stupid to do it. It took so, me a while. It yeah, took me a while. That montage, I was like, we could be, I don't know. Like, where are we? We're in XV1. I was like, and I was like, I should just look it up. I can't be bothered. Yeah, we're, we're in the 14th century, which is kind of exciting. Acceptable. Wooden toys, that makes sense, 14th century. But they're still making the same shit in the 20th century. No kid wants a, a tricycle, uh, a wooden tricycle. Not a wooden one, no. No, not at that age. Not in that century. Um, but nevertheless, uh, Patch, uh, we learn, has a, he's, a, he's an ideas factory. Uh, he has some ingenious ideas, uh, like heating the place with pipes. <laughs> A concept that Santa has never come across before. And I I mean this when I say not the heating of somewhere with pipes, which is understandable. He's never come across the idea of a pipe (laughs) before. There is a long conversation where Dudley Moore explains what a pipe is to Santa Claus. Which kids love. (laughs) (laughs) That That tested really well. It had been raptured. He spends a long time going, oh, pipes. Okay, right, pipes. Interesting. Dudley Moore's like, yeah, hollow hollow thing, a a pipe, a a pipe. That confuses him. When he's told he's immortal, totally takes in his stride. Yeah. No, it doesn't bat an eye. He's like, right, all right. Yeah. Which makes me think, when we start getting to talk of the fact that they'll live forever, did they die? Is this purgatory? The, the, yes. this, this old couple is in first of all they're trapped when they get they get trapped in the snowstorm but they don't go down a secret path they're five minutes from their house so the Ventigums things the elves the please, elves, elves if they'd gone down a secret track they could have been like oh you finally found the secret track and now you're here and that's brilliant but you're just five minutes from your house where you always are <laughs> and now we're here mm. so yeah they died I think they did mm. that's an interesting theory it's a zombie oh. movie <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's not the film I watched. Um, Fair enough. uh, I'm I'm more interested in the fact that uh, uh, Dudley Moore cracks open another elf joke at this point. Uh, Elf control. Nice. Uh, We meet one of the greatest characters, um, or at least a collection of the greatest characters, which are the reindeer. Um, Oh, yeah. I love the reindeer in this movie. I think they're beautiful props. I think they really work. And this movie was my education. I remember watching this as a kid and going, Okay, so they got that reindeer. Where the fuck's Rudolph? Yeah. And it was a shock to me when I first saw this and I was like, Rudolph's not there. And it really bothered me as a kid that I wasn't going to see Rudolph. Where is he? 
he's a late addition to the 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 reindeer ensemble. Okay. Yeah, he's he's owned by a company, and so you have really? to pay to use Rudolph, and so that's why there's no Rudolph in this film or Elf. Um, he first appeared in a booklet written by a department store called Montgomery Ward, right. a guy working for that department store, and so that department store owned Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer from 1939, where it was created wow. onwards. So yeah, it's it's a copyright thing. Oh, okay. Mm. Because it's weird that he's not in this one and he's not in Elf as well. Yeah. Um, well, what we lack in Rudolph, though, uh, we at least uh, we get a classic uh, Santa outfit. Um, initially, it's green uh, until Mrs. Claus uh, gets involved and pretty much demands that it's changed <laughs> to red, uh, which understandably makes the elf who's made it a, a little upset because this is the 11th hour of that costume. It, it's not like he's gone... Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start the outfit. Uh, red or green? Red or green? It is finished, and she's like, "Yeah, he's not gonna wear that shit." Uh, so maybe change the whole color. Can you dye it? You can't dye it. Start over. Start over uh, with a brand new outfit. It's because we're going with the Coca Cola Santa Claus here. So is this true or is this a myth? I think it's true. I can tell you the truth. So this is actually from the Coca Cola website. Coca Cola did not create the Legend of Santa Claus, but Coca Cola advertising did play a big role in shaping the jolly character we know today. Before 1931, there were many different depictions of Santa around the world, including a tall, gaunt man and an elf. There was even a scary clause. But in 1931, Coca-Cola commissioned illustrator Haddon Sunblom to paint Santa for Christmas ad- adverts. Those paintings established Santa as a warm, happy character with human features, including rosy cheeks, a white beard, twinkling eyes and laughter lines. Wow. wow. I remember finding out that Father Christmas was basically invented by Coca-Cola and it represented like a shift for me of like just disillusionment. Like I'm not anti-Coca-Cola, but it was like, oh, I just thought <laughs> it was always been like that. It was, and it was sad that it was an advert. But it's interesting that Coca-Cola advertised in both the movies we're talking about this week because yeah. they want to keep that going. And I, you know, the, probably the most famous Bond depiction is that frigging um, advert. Yeah, the holidays are coming. Advert. Yeah, holidays are coming. Drink Coca-Cola. <laughs> Drink it. Drink it holidays. again. <laughs> Drink the Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, I have a question. Did Christmas not exist before Santa Claus came along in this film? Because they're like, oh, thank God you're here. The prophecy. Brilliant. So your job is to take the toys. I thought the old everywhere. man had been doing it. The man with the beard. Uh, I thought he'd been doing it. It was like, I'm knackered. <laughs> so I would like you to do it. No, I don't think anyone's been doing it. And so they've got this stockpile of toys because they've been oh. they've been making them every year. I've been doing nothing with them because they've been waiting for the chosen one to appear. Right. And it all gets a bit Star Wars before Star Wars here yeah. in terms of an ancient prophecy um, and a chosen one. And, you know, we've got the penguin or Mickey from Rocky as that ancient elf. And it all gets very grim and po-faced and quite downbeat for what should be a fun, exciting thing. But yeah. that every other Christmas movie is made Becoming Santa. It's sort of a fun thing. Whereas here it's like, no, this is not fun. This is bloody serious. <laughs> Hard work. Also, that was a dick move by me because I know the answer to the question, although Chris got it absolutely right. Uh, According to Santa Claus, the movie, the novelization, um, the elves uh, were fond of making toys for children. And so they often journeyed out into the children's world to leave their newly crafted toys where children would find them. However, with each passing new century, as civilizations, this is from the novel, continued to rise and fall. It became more and more difficult and dangerous for the elves to venture too far into the human world. So basically, (laughs) he's the fucking guinea pig. It's like, (laughs) it is... It's a shit show out there. <laughs> Thank God you're here because we ain't doing this. I, I thought I was the only person that read the novelization. <laughs> Alex, I'm so impressed this week. I didn't think you even read books. <laughs> I didn't even know you could read. This uh, this was a first. This was my first novel and I, I really enjoyed it. I, I may read other books. There are more. <laughs> I, I've, I, I went on Amazon and I... I read book. <laughs> Google books involving ham. <laughs> <laughs> Is it fucking there? That's unbelievable. Uh, so yeah, you mentioned the ancient one. Uh, he turns up having his beard carried. Uh, where's what he? a job that is in the toy factory! What do you do? I carry this bastard's beard. <laughs> lazy, lazy twat. Also, where's he been the whole time? He should have been there from the get-go. Going, let me tell you about the prophecy. We, he, Santa's been at the workshop yeah. for for a long time before they go. 
Do you know who you should meet? <laughs> I believe, I believe they wanted this character to be their Marlon Brando like mm. character, where Superman was sold off the back of it's Superman, but we've got Marlon Brando. And I think when they didn't manage to get an A-lister of the size uh, of Marlon Brando, and they ended up with Burgess Meredith, I think they probably cut some of his scenes. <laughs> yeah, you can come in for a day, Burge. We're fine because it was uh, James Cagney uh, was who they actually right, yes. actually wanted for it, yeah, and then um, they couldn't sense. get him, and then they wanted Fred Astaire, and they couldn't get him. So you're absolutely right. right yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure he was in it more, you know, wandering around with his beard being carried. The freak. <laughs> um, so uh, it's quite weird, the meeting between the ancient one. I don't know whether anyone else picked up on this, but when they meet, it's almost like the ancient one has to prompt Santa to bow. Like he doesn't <laughs> want to. And it's kind of like he's, he looks around and sort of goes, Kind of read the room, yeah, because like everyone else is fucking bowing right now, and Santa's like, mm, I don't really fancy it actually. I'm not. I bow to no man. So when we our first recording, you tried to get us to bow to you. It's like that, isn't it? Me and Vicky were like, Nah, that's not how this is going to work. <laughs> oh, the glory days. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, let's speed up now. Uh, Please, we'll do it after the break. <laughs> Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Right then. So uh, just quickly, uh, the, 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 the ancient elf names him. Mm. I'm going to name you Santa Claus. Yeah. Why? If you're going to do an origin story and you're going to name him that, tell us where this has come from or what this is. It's so random because <laughs> it's such a weird name. Mm. Yeah. Well, he was already called Uncle, Uncle Claus. Uncle Claus. So why Santa? Yeah. Why an anagram of Satan? It would be hilarious if he'd gone. You're not going to believe this, but that's actually my first name. <laughs> I, I'm already called Uncle Santa Claus. So <laughs> fancy that. <laughs> Uh, then we speed through the centuries. Uh, so we learn, thanks to Roman numerals. Uh, Who this, knows where we are? This is uh, this is news to you. Uh, it was the 14th century. Was it really? It was the 14th Not a century. Clue. Uh, then we jump forward to the 18th century and some cat abuse. Yeah. Um, uh, which prompts Mrs. Claus to come up with the naughty or nice list. Mm -hmm. uh, then we're into the 20th century. Uh, kind of. And we, <laughs> yeah, kind of, because there are definitely two Victorian children in the <laughs> mid-80s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I, I guess... In 1985, if you were a homeless child in New York, you dressed as Oliver Twist <laughs> so that people knew you were homeless. You had absolutely no interaction with social services <laughs> at all. You just were on the streets. Yep. It, it does make me wonder if this script was originally set in Victorian times, that period, 
And but because it's too expensive to recreate the past, they just made it present day, but kept the children because the girl feels like she's from a living in some Victorian mansion yeah. in a hundred years ago. Cornelia uh, is her name. Uh, it's quite an old name as well. Like that doesn't feel like a modern name. Uh, she is being looked after by a completely undefined woman who just a governess, isn't it? But yeah. then that's a very Victorian uh, exactly. Well. Yeah. I honestly because I haven't seen this in a long time as well, and. I, I wasn't sure whether it was set in Victorian times or not because yeah. those uh, portrayals are so vivid. Of, uh, uh, and also he lights fashion. a fire in a bin and then you just think, yeah. 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 It's the burning, the burning oil drum. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Those were a staple of 1980s cinema. I've never seen one in real life. No. Although the first time I went to New York... I was going to say, it's a New York thing, isn't it? I on every so. corner of New York. Well, I Someone's remember... Someone's warming their hand on a barrel on fire. <laughs> I remember shooting a video on my first trip to New York of sewer steam, because I'd never seen it before. The okay. steam coming out of a manhole. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a big day for me. Uh, so, at this point, my notes become a, a little sketchy. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, 45 minutes in, uh, I wanted a McDonald's. Um, yes, because I, I'm pretty, that is a sexy montage. I'm pretty sure I demanded a McDonald's at the end of this film that day in 1985 because it is uh, it's just a full on advert, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's disgraceful. <laughs> it really is, and it's so cynical. Um, and yet it does make it look really tasty. So it looks delicious. Yep. Thank you, Deliveroo, for delivering that <laughs> McDonald's. But it's weird that it feels like one of the messages of this film is against the commercialisation of Christmas Isn't by BZ, yeah. and then you've completely commercialised mm-hmm. it in your film. It's just a big contradiction. And how 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 do you make it clear that uh, McDonald's is something aspirational? You put Oliver Twist pressed up against yes. the glass outside. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's not even festive. Like mm. McDonald's doesn't even make a big deal about Christmas, I don't think. It's just... no. No. KFC do in Japan. Okay. Christmas dinner in Japan is uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. True. Uh, yeah, so um, uh, thankfully uh, Cornelia is looking out for our friend Joe. Uh, uh, by looking out for him, uh, she leaves food on the doorstep like he's a hedgehog. Like he's a dog. She's like, here, Buzz, come here. But this is the ham. This is the fucking ham. It does look tasty. Doesn't it look good? Yeah, it does Why does it look so good? Because it's not real. Possibly. Uh, it's, it's been spray painted. This ham cemented a friendship for me. You remember Emma that we used to live with? We were once like in the early days of our friendship, we were talking about this film and we both said, in the, we were like, the ham! And then we're like, brilliant, we'll be friends for 20 years. Because <laughs> the ham just stuck with us so much. Yeah, it's it's a strange one because I, I remember growing up in the 80s. Uh, uh, the other thing is like stranger danger was yeah, a real a thing. thing. No, it's not a thing. It was in the 80s. No, you just let your kids go with anyone. Really? I think so. Is that why only looking at it through a 2020 lens does a, an old man with a beard going, get in my sleigh? I know, it's not good. It makes you creep. It creeps yeah, you out. It's yeah. really scary. All right, fine. Good. Uh, I did get a, cre- a bit creeped out. Uh, but yeah, considering Ed Joe is a starving street urchin, um, he doesn't really touch the food. What he does touch is that Coca Cola. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, there's a Coca <laughs> yeah, I, I'm starving. But I'll put that to one side yeah. while I sip the Coke, sigh, and then look longingly at the can of Coke that I've just tried. Thank you, delivery for the Coca-Cola that followed McDonald's. Uh, it was uh, delicious. Uh, quick quiz. Can you name all the reindeer? Yes, I can. Go. Comet, Donner, Blitzen, Vixen, Dancer, Prancer. Oh, isn't that it? Nope. Cupid. That's it. That is it. Thank you. How many was that? All of them. I should have checked. But yeah, very good. Very good. Little quiz there, uh, just for me. Uh, so, at that, the... Does that give you a point in the overall quiz? Does it? Because I really want it. Can it, please? When is we'll, this, see, we'll see how it's working out. When is Thank this you. overall quiz happening? Well, uh, the prize is here, by the way. Is just that what that cardboard box is? That is the prize in there. Have you uh, had a trophy made? <laughs> um, we have one yeah, quiz. To, there's a quiz today, and then the finale is on the Boxing Day. Episode. Okay. okay. Oh my god, that's so stressful. What's the What's the current uh, status? I'd rather not say oh, right. right now, but it's very close. He loves building tension. 
Loves building tension. What if it's not that close? There's no tension. Uh, that's true. Uh, well put. Uh, so, uh, at the one hour mark, our villain turns up uh, the oiliest you've ever seen him, John Lithgow as BZ. Uh, he's wet under each nostril, each nostril inexplicably in his first scene. He is greasy. Uh, he is uh, a badden because surely there are other things that you could stuff a panda with that isn't nails and sawdust <laughs> and glass I think some glass falls out as well I, I get the point that he's unscrupulous but no that's probably more expensive than just filling it with Stuffing. other things yeah it's but it's paper. brilliant it just makes it's so incongruous with what's come before the, the, the tone of the film completely changed when he shows up it becomes a movie that's no longer about Santa Claus and actually it's a film I it's got four completely different storylines yeah. that don't really intersect with each other particularly well. Um, so I don't know what this film is anymore, but it does perk up. It certainly is an adult as well. Yeah. Um, watching it. Um, it's much more interesting when he's on screen. It is. Yep. He's a shot in the arm at that point. I've only met him once. I interviewed him for uh, the mega hit Daddy's Home 2. And um, he was genuinely uh, the loveliest man I think I've ever interviewed. Oh, he's, that's so good to hear. He's a dream. He's just brilliant. And he's made some very cool films that we could talk about as well. Raising Cain and Ricochet. There's some, <sighs> there's some good ones that he did. Raising Cain is brilliant. I just got the Blu-ray of that. Really? Yeah, I good. love Should that. we talk about movie? that instead? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you, 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 you've, you've dashed past the Patch v. Puffy um, war. Oh my God. That breaks out in the, in the, in the Yeah, because watching it now, I was like, well, Patch is in a fucking race to the bottom, driving down production standards. And what? I didn't get that. When What's I was wrong young... with an assembly line, though, Vic? Because his toys are shit. They don't work. No. Yeah, but an assembly line doesn't have to. It just needs a bit of tweaking. Assembly line's good. Are we, are we, yeah. are we glossing over the fact that on any level, Santa pitching two elves against each other yeah, it's bad. is the worst. Unpaid labour. And he's like, the person that does the job best gets the job. It's get, like, that's not how interviews work. Gets an Santa. apron. Just, it doesn't get yeah. a pay rise or anything. <laughs> yeah. Just gets an apron. You don't do the work for free to get the work. It suddenly becomes very anti-industrial revolution, this film. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've never known that you were such a fan of the industrial revolution. Would you like to know the pros and cons of an assembly line? Because I did, I did copy and paste them. <laughs> Why? But we'll move on. Because I was interested to find out. Go on, um, give us the, no, no, the highlights. No, it's fine. Um, Are you sure? It feels like you've done the work. <laughs> I did the work. Did you I see him I in like a past life, the owner, the mean owner of a cotton mill, and then these women are getting their fingers shot. Work harder! I'll see you in my office. But it means no more heavy lifting when you've got an assembly line. Okay. No stooping or bending over. He's gone <laughs> a jobs that almost anyone can do. You're not from a long line of factory workers. But there are cons. Repetitive stress injuries, industrial noise, boredom and social alienation. Exactly. <laughs> it just makes no sense as well because the machine is not putting the screws in the wheels of the tricycle properly but for the movie, they keep popping out the end and those wheels are attached. So it doesn't make any sense. Is that when the film turns into you've been framed? <laughs> Kids yeah. falling off broken toys. Oh, it's really sad. Carts smashing into buses. You're weirdly, the, the, it's, it's the cart going under the wheels Horrible. of the bus. Yeah, because a child could have been on it. But it's that's horrible. what I'm saying. Don't you think that's really similar to the opening of Superman 3 where you've got all that weird slapstick humour yes. that's completely out of place? Yeah. Uh, and, and, sorry, and we've also gone past the ballet class that featured Nicole Appleton. Was that Nicole Appleton? She's in it. I couldn't spot her, but she has written That's about this mad. apparently in her autobiography. <laughs> there is a different kid in it, though, who I noticed the whole way through that scene is mouthing the other girl's lines. Ah, really? Yes, I saw that. <laughs> Just reshoot the scene. <laughs> yeah, that girl's talking. She's... Yeah, if you can't get a room full of kids to smile in your opening scene, I, I think by that point, you're just like, I did Jaws too. It's too. not my skill set, <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I thought he was called Hauser, but I think he's called Towser. Uh he is brilliant. Is he the assistant? He's, he's the guy, he's, he's he's the guy from Jaws. He's the guy from Jaws. Oh! Jeffrey Kramer, who played Hendrix in Jaws, and he's Towser here. He is so good. Uh, that whole line about how he likes puce. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like fuchsia, but a shade less lavender and a bit more pink. Brilliant. Yeah. Love him. Um, so uh, Patch makes uh, these uh, lollipops that make you fly. Um, remind me of uh, Mary Poppins they name check Mary Poppins never name check a much better children's no. film in your film because it just makes me want to be watching that 
Yeah, uh, they are kind of cool. I remember thinking how cool these things were as yeah. a kid. The idea of being able to fly uh, from eating something, uh, they're great. Probably don't call them puce, no, which is what they actually like call them. Yeah, it's so weird. This <laughs> is like, well, that's the, that's the colour there. Yeah, it's, it's not a name. <laughs> they're called flying pops or whatever, <laughs> but they're not called puke. I mean, you've got something that makes you fly. <laughs> Probably put that in the title. Yeah. Don't 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 call it don't call it a color puce. Uh, they're called puce. Um, uh, I do actually uh, think that BZ's idea of Christmas two in March is fucking genius. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know if I want Christmas two by the people that made Superman three. <laughs> <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't got a good track record. Um, when he comes up with Christmas two as well, did you notice the other advert um, for Pabst Blue Ribbon beer? No. He goes to the fridge and he pulls out a can of beer and pours it in a cognac glass for him and Towser and they oh, drink yes. it. And it's like, why Why are you doing this really weird beer advert? Because it draws attention to itself by the fact that it's in that he's pouring beer into a big cognac glass. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, I mean, Patch uh, is a bit of a genius and Santa was wrong to let him go for mm-hmm. spurious reasons. Um, but uh, he's made lollipops that allow you to fly and uh, back at the North Pole, a doll that wets is uh, the oh, equivalent. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's a bad toy. It's, but I think they exist. They do exist. My sister had one. She was like, she really wanted a doll that was as much like a baby as possible. Mm. Like a lot of people do. Mm. Not me. Um, what did when when she wanted that? What what were you getting at the same time? I got Ghostbusters toys. <laughs> <laughs> you did ask. So don't be mean to me, right? I, I Fucker. Think that's great. Thank you. I think that's great. That's why. That's why I love you. <laughs> of course, you got Ghostbusters toys. I loved them. Did any of them wet themselves? No, oh, no. God. That was that was on my on my letter to Father Christmas. I don't want anything that pisses itself. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> oh shit! You know that beer scene that you were just talking about? Yeah. That he he does make brandy with a beer mixer, doesn't he? But no, I just described it. He pours the beer into a cognac glass, an empty cognac glass. I know. I think there's brandy already in there. I think he's drinking brandy okay. with beer as a mixer. Okay. I liked it. I was like, you know how to live. Hello, Deliveroo. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, got some bad writing here. Two but- overhearing scenes in a row. <laughs> You're allowed one, but You're to not do two. Allowed one. No, You're not. To do two in a row, it's just poor. It feels like they've just given up at this point. Um, because you build up to the climax now, didn't you? Yeah, and the climax, I remember as a kid, it was absolutely thrilling. And it didn't fail to deliver this time. I, I the bit where they're chasing patches sort of sleigh thing whatever he's built his flying car mm. and the candy canes are going to burst into flames in the back and Santa Claus is chasing them in his sleigh and they finally have to do the super duper yeah, looper yeah that's brilliant but it makes no sense does it he's flying behind him all he has to do is fly underneath him but he does a loop around like, I just feel like you've got to explain the basics you know yeah, but it's, it's one of those script things that when if that's why we love a callback so much because when you're seven the seed has been planted of Agreed. the super duper looper no, right. and you remember it because you're like yay there it is yeah, and yeah. that feeling as a grown up now when you watch a film that's got a really smart callback it's so satisfying and the moment the moment that the sleigh appears from beneath Patcher's flying car and Joe's like it's Santa Claus I was like uh-oh. Oh, here we go. Oh, no. I, I cried. I'm happy to admit that. I think we're in a safe zone here. It's the three of us. Yeah, I cried. A lot. I cried a lot, actually, at that bit. Uh, and then um, save the day. That's great. Everyone's happy. Yep. Um, that's pretty much all I've got. Yep. Yeah. Any more? No. So it got knocked out of the box office by Rocky Four, though. Mm. That's what did it in. And then Spies Like Us and Jewel of the Nile. Um Ilya Salkind believed the distributor should shoulder the blame. He said that if the film had been released in October when it was ready, rather than at the end of November, it would have grossed $100 million. I don't know, uh, but he believes it was a success. He says there are some people who consider it a favourite and a classic for Christmas. It was number one in England and even today has an enormous cult following. The children of each generation love it. My children love it. It's my Christmas gift to all of them and I'm happy to know it's been accepted. I agree. I really, I th- I was prepared because it is a, a very maligned Christmas movie. Like a lot of people go, oh, Santa Claus the movie, just because of the commercialism, because of the Coca-Cola, because of the McDonald's, it's sort of been written off. But to watch it again this week, it's really good fun. Really good fun. For me, I think as a kid, I love the magic 
of Christmas, the first half of the movie. As an adult, I enjoy the John Lithgow stuff. Yeah. But I find it hard to, the, the two don't really merge for me. There's no attempt to merge them. It's no. not your fault. You They jump from, we're in the workshop, now we're in New York. We were not going to dovetail those two stories together for fucking ages. So you just like, what? And also the two children, like, I guess it's good when I'm a kid because it gives someone that I can sort of empathise with. But yeah, watching it now, their storylines are dreadful. And, they don't, you know, <laughs> the film doesn't need them at all. If you've got enough. You've got you've got Santa, you've got Patch, you've got BZ. You can tell a good story without having to have the two kids. It It, it really does feel like they made two one-hour TV specials and then sellotape them together yeah. and release them as a film. Yeah, uh, I, I nearly uh, glossed over this, but I do remember being very disturbed as a kid uh, about BZ's demise, mm. him floating oh, off yeah. into mm. space. I found upsetting then, and I still I think it's a really awful way to go. Yeah, like is. He is gradually suffocating as he disappears into deep space. And it's the final shot of the movie. Mm. It's really dark. Right, shall we do the bits? Yeah, let's do it. Okie dokie. Uh, best scene, Chris. Uh, I enjoyed toys filled with glass and nails. <laughs> that really made me. That really made me laugh this time. And if there were more jokes along those lines, I think I would enjoy it more now. Hmm? Victoria, uh, enter the workshop just because of the when it, when we go into the elves' workshop for the first time because it's very magical. Hmm. And also, uh, Uncle Claus and Mrs. Claus's cabin bed. So jealous of that cabin mm. bed. That looks fucking comfy. <laughs> it so is, cozy. It's just a room that is a bed. Yeah, oh my God, it's a dream. Yeah, it yeah, does look I'd good. I'd love that. Yeah, when he gets out of it, I'm like, I would never leave. No. <laughs> I would never leave I'd just that stick room. an arm out occasionally, get my ham, yeah. back in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my best scene, and uh, I'm surprised that neither of you picked it, is literally the best scene. There are no right answers or wrong answers, but this is the best scene. Uh, the super duper looper. That's fair. It's yeah. immaculate. The bit where it appears from underneath. Oh, I'm going again. Uh, MVW, Chris. Uh, Seven-year-old me. Um, it was the big Lebowski as Santa. Um, old me now, John Lithgow. Mm. Yeah, say old me now, John Lithgow, when I was seven. Uh, Cordelia. Is she called Cordelia or Cornelia? The little girl. Cornelia. Cornelia. Her I bob. Think. Because that's the bob that my mum wanted me to have and my hair would never do that. So every time I saw that, I was like, that's what it should look like. It's not what it looks like. It's, it's flawless, her bob. It's a really good bob. It's massive. She looks like a Lego character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, mine is the Big Lebowski. Uh, he is, to this day, uh, mm. the definitive Santa Claus. And that was nice. My missus hadn't seen this film. She watched this with me. And when he was on screen, she was like, wow, that really is Santa. Mm. Like, they've mm -hmm. nailed this. Something about him. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. So good in that role. Uh, all right, uh, Victoria, what would you change? Just get to New York a lot sooner mm. and not confuse me. Mm. Okay. Like an elf, actually. <laughs> Chris? I think they made two big mistakes in the film. Um, let Dudley Moore be funny. He's really funny, and I don't think he's given much funny stuff to do here. No, and he's but he does bring so much charm mm. to that role. I agree, but he can bring the comedy as well. Uh, and we talked about this, Stephen D'Souza talked about this on Die Hard. Um, Santa and BZ should meet. They never meet in this film. I think you need a moment where they oh, yeah. square off against each so other. true. That's a good idea. But those aren't my changes. My changes um, at the end reveal that um, Uncle Claus and Anya really did die in that storm. And this fucked up film is what flashed before their eyes, before breathing their last breath. And the end credits could play over them sitting there slowly expiring as the snow falls around them. Nice. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, my change is Vendigum. What? Why? No. That's good. Just no. Unnecessary. Uh, okay, that is Santa Claus the movie done. I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed rewatching this. Uh, are we doing a quiz? Yes, we established it about 15 minutes ago. Good, you good, did, good. You'd asked. Um, do you want to see the prize now or do you want to wait until Boxing Day episode? I think do it now. Mm. I think do it now because then... see what you're playing for. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to open it, Vicky? Can I? Yeah. Well, no, because then that might be like... She, she'll feel like she's... When she doesn't win, this will be the only time she's held That's it. what I was going to say. This is the closest I'm going to get to this um, thing. I don't know. I don't trust Chris hasn't somehow made this So this quiz is what you're going to play for centric. on our bonus Boxing Day episode. Stop trying to throw my game, all right? I'm just saying. Right, this is what you're playing for. Are you ready? Jesus. <gasps> oh, my God! It's an actual... Oh, no! Is it, a, is it an actual Oscar? Is yeah, it? I got that float in from LA. Wow. Oh, my God! What does it say? 
It says Clash of the Titles quiz champion. I won it. Yeah. yeah put it down. Put it, put it down. All right. It's not yours yet. I've got it. It's a little Oscar. It's a little Oscar. Right. Oh, my God. You're not there yet, though. You can right. look at it. But yeah. it's, I put it in the centre of the table. No more touching. Right. Toy quiz. Right. So, okay. So just explain one thing to me. If I win this quiz, have I won? Or is it still it's very close? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, toy quiz. I'm going to give you a year and yeah. a description of the best-selling toy of that year. Uh-huh. I want you to tell me what the toy was. Got it. 1980. Yeah. Uh, the best-selling puzzle game of all time. Rubik's Cube. Oh, for God's sake. Yes! <laughs> Point to Vicky. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, 1982. Nicole Kidman made a film about this toy a year later. It's less a toy. BMX! Correct. Oh, wow. BMX bandits. Really good. Sick. Well done. Uh, 1983. It was created by an art student called Xavier Roberts in the 70s. Um, a kaleidoscope. There was a version of it Spirograph. that could eat plastic snacks. That model, that model was pulled when children kept getting their hands stuck in the doll's mouth. Oh, uh, Chucky! Uh, it was made entirely of doll? yes, Yay! made entirely of cloth. 1984, Frank Welker, Gremlin Mogwai thing, Mogwai. It is Gizmo. Shit. What is a Frank Welker's most famous voice performance? E.T. E.T. Oh. No. Oh, shit. Well, what? I mean, I just put Frank Welker because I thought you'd get it. We just did get it. No. Um, you definitely had this toy, Alex. You probably did as well, Vicky. I don't know if you did. <laughs> it was a robot. Zoids. Transformer. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my How God. How can you not get Transformers? He's bloody Optimus Prime. Why would I say Zoids? <laughs> I mean, I did have Zoids as well, <laughs> but they come after Transformers. Jesus. Um, and also, there's no Zoids movie. <laughs> 1985. Uh, these toys started out on greeting cards. Oh. Oh, those... That, that... Forever Friends. No, what are they called? Those... Yeah, what's like a famous version of that? What what those that I love you, those I love you things. I don't... Yeah. Like naked kids. Yeah. The cartoons. Not oh. kids. <laughs> <laughs> we're children. Wait. They were animals. They were definitely. Scratch that. <laughs> they, were- they were animals. It was a different time. Alex, they my- were animals. My family gave uh, very, very unique Christmas cards. <laughs> and they made an animated film this year, 85, that was a huge hit. Oh, and I it, think it, it, it meant we got a lot of shitty animated films in the 80s about. Trolls! No. Oh. Like, they're really famous. But they're animals. Yeah, they were, they're a certain type of animal. Uh, and raccoons. Not a real animal. And their name rhymes with the animal name. And you would look there and it would tell you what emotion. Care Bears! Oh, yes, correct. Oh, <laughs> how could you not get Care Bears? I had a Care Bear! They started out on greeting cards. All right. I didn't have a Care Bear either in my life. Everyone needs to chill. I think this Oscar is, is really uh, bringing out the worst in you. Uh, 1990 we're up to now. Okay. Uh, these characters have been the subject of six feature films. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Correct Oh yes! my god What How did she get that That's very good Yeah How did she get that Oh mm. don't you dare <laughs> 1991 Not the Game Boy uh, the, the Super Nintendo uh, Sega Mega Drive uh, So not uh, the Sega, ha- the Sega thing uh, yeah. Atari Lynx yeah. I don't know what it's called Oh the Sega Game Gear Correct Oh, oh. Uh, 1994 uh, Based on the original Japanese Super Sentai series what? Hello Kitty. <laughs> the best-selling toy, though. It's very famous. You're just a bit old for it, but they made some films. Oh, fur- the, uh, Pokemon, Furbies. Um, Akira. <laughs> they thought these guys did. Oh! No, don't get oh, it. Uh, I want to get it. Go, go. Go, oh, bots. The go, bots. Yes, yes, correct. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> he had go, bots. <laughs> go, 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 bots. That's not bad, but go, go, Power Rangers is the more famous one. Uh, we're nearly done. 1995. This evolved from a game played with bottle caps. Tiddlywinks. <laughs> Kaplunk. So That's so cute. Kaplunk. You might not get this. I don't, I don't really go, know. Connect four. They're, they're like little things that people would share. Oh, like, pogs. Yes, oh, correct. You, that's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, 1996. Uh, the guy who lent his voice to this character lost the gig after allegations of sexual impropriety, all of which he denied and were later dismissed due to the expiration of Pee-wee the statute Herman. of limitations. Uh, so this was a character uh, that was very funny and every kid wanted one. Stretch um, Armstrong. And it was from Sesame Street. 
Big Bird. Oh, uh, Elmo! Oh, Elmo! No. Elmo! What's Hug me, Elmo! Hug me, Elmo! Kill me, Elmo! Touch me, Elmo! What's the full name? Shoves, uh, come on, Cuddle me, Elmo! Kiss no. me, Elmo! No. Tickle me, Elmo! Yes, correct! No way! <laughs> Half a point each. Oh, Half a point. Come on! Half a point each. I mean, it, but it really is Tickle me, Elmo. Fine, <laughs> but it's Elmo. I got that. All right, final one. Um, 1997, this toy was banned in schools because the high maintenance they required made them a distraction. Tamagotchis! Correct. Yes! Oh, wow. Oh, my God, did I win? Did I win? Yeah. Vicky won. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> <sighs> well played, Vicky. Uh, yeah, well played. Actually, well played. That was really good. You were really good. <laughs> it was Zoids. Shut up. <laughs> go, 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 what? <laughs> uh, we got a clue to give as well. Oh, of course. We're yeah. back to clues. Vicky's got a clue to give. The Christmas. <laughs> Look at that face. Luckily, I think I know what your clue was. Really? Yeah, I didn't think it was very good, but we can do it. <laughs> Isn't he it? giveth and he taketh away. <laughs> I, can't I can't remember. I believe your clue was New Year, New Love. The clue is <laughs> New Year, New Love. You well, thought of that. I'm not sure I like that clue. You fucking thought of it. <laughs> did I? <laughs> yeah, you did. I, but all because I couldn't think of anything. All right. New Year, New Love. Really? That's, I, that's offensive. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm better than that. Uh, okay. New Year, New Love is the clue for next week's shows. We are not taking a break over Christmas or New Year. We will be here with you every single week. Um, and of course, our extra Boxing Day show, when we ultimately find out who walks away with the Oscar that I'm looking at right now. It's tense. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to us uh, if you would be so kind. Uh, and if you have the time uh, and the inclination, uh, do rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, or indeed other. We are going to be back on Thursday to talk our way through Elf. Thanks for listening. See you soon. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. 